Maxwell Radio Channel 373 and on Channel 84. Spring football games, four of them in the Pac-12 this week, including Cal. And um, changes on Cal's offense, coordinator and quarterback. Talk more about it. Um, let's uh, let's get the perspective of someone who's been at uh, football practice. And maybe we get a basketball question in two from BearInsider.com. Jim McGill joins the show. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Appreciate your time. Uh, before we get to football, we got to get your Mark Madsen take. Um, the press conference and the time since. What stands out to you about Mark Madsen the cow? Well, I wrote a post when it was apparent that he was going to be named the cow coach, that Madsen is the fox, uh, is the anti-fox. It's like he's everything that's the opposite of Mark Fox. He's um, super enthusiastic. He's very personable. He's very open with the media, which Fox was the complete opposite of. Um, he runs an exciting brand of basketball, wide open running offense. I mean, he's the exact opposite. At first, it was an adjustment for Cal fans because, I mean, he's, he's personified Stanford when he was there. Um, but I think people have really quickly adjusted the idea of having a former Stanford player be the head coach based on what he's talking about bringing in and what he, he already has, has brought in with... Uh, Fardar's Imok, a 6'11 center that I think is going to really make a big difference on this team. So there's a ton of excitement. They adjusted to Mike Montgomery very well, and for, for good reason. He, he led them to their first conference title since uh, 1960. So, you know, if it takes a Stanford guy to get us to win, Cal fans are still all in. It's, uh, um, it's always interesting when... You know, when you get into a profession, and that's what you want to do the rest of your life, and that's who you are, and you're a coach, and, uh, you know, I, I, I played in the Pac-12, I, I, I could never see myself walking the sidelines in Husky Stadium as a coach, right? It, it, <laughs> no. You know, the understanding of, you know, for Mark Madsen to do, you know, to do something like this, take an opportunity, take a job, and something he wants to continue to do, um, but at his, uh, at his, Alma Mater's uh, fiercest rival. Your thoughts, kind of on on that decision and 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 where 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 that road he heads down now. Well, uh, yeah, you know, there's no love lost between Cal and Stanford, but you, you guys at at WSU and UW that take it to a next level. That's genuine hatred there. So I, I get your point. <laughs> but uh, you know, Madsen grew up in San Ramon Valley. That's that's really bear territory there, and he could have very well ended up a, a Cal Bear. He talked about that in his press conference. How Lou Campanelli and his staff recruited him pretty hard, and he loved Cal. But you know, he went away from his Mormon mission, and Todd Bozeman was there when he came back, and there was no real interest on Cal's part. He didn't hold it against them, but he he did have a soft spot in his heart for the program. So um, I think it's a little bit different for him. And and you know, he's a professional. He played with the Lakers. He played with the T Wolves. He's coached in a number of different locations. So I, I think he he's he's put that whole level of animosity behind him. Maybe if he didn't have those experiences, it wouldn't be quite as easy to make the transition. But I don't sense that there's any reluctance at all on his part. Uh, the only the only miss was he wasn't able to throw out the first pitch at the Cal Stanford baseball series. No, he did. He had a lot to do. He oh he threw out the first pitch of 
one game. I don't know if it was Cal Stanford, yeah. but he definitely threw out a no, pitch. It was the, he, no, it was, uh, it was like a game against Pacific because he had to oh. travel. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> plus, <laughs> plus a little, little um, scheduled item of having a child right in that week, too. That's what right. an insane yeah. week. All right, let's talk a little football. Spring game coming up. Uh, how do the Bears look? It's a very different outlook than last year. When I talked with you guys last year, there was a lot of optimism because the defense had been solid the previous year, but the offense was really the weak point. The offense looked just incredible last spring, largely on uh, Jack Plummer transferring in and uh, a, a good group of receivers. Well, this year, it's different. Um, you keep hearing the term work in progress. The weak link last year was the offensive line and the offense that couldn't move the ball consistently, and they've, they've addressed the issue in a couple of different ways. Um, they brought in Mike Blesch, a North Texas offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, to really remake that line, and they brought back almost all the line uh, intact, and they're bringing in a big 6'7 JC guy who's coming in the summer that they hope can uh, push the start, and uh, they're going to look to add another one or two through the 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 portal, actually uh, maybe two or three through the portal this period, and I think you're going to hear about one coming really soon. Uh, the offensive line is key. He's got them playing much more in rhythm, much more as a unit, so there's optimism there. It's always hard to tell how good a line's going to be in, in spring ball because there's just not enough live action to know, but there's optimism there. Uh, at quarterback, it's interesting, too. Plummer uh, transferred out. He wasn't really a good fit for new offensive coordinator Jake Spavadal. Spavadal is another potential real strong answer for their offensive problems last year. Musgrave's system has worked okay in the NFL, but it, it, the, the pro set, the West Coast offense, really isn't a match for, for college football these days. It was, you know, a, a round hole in a square peg. just didn't work. So this year with Spavital, he's opening it up. He's telling the guys, you know, you're not running these rigid routes that where you, you have seven, seven steps cut, three steps. They're not bound by that now. He's like, look, if, if you're getting pressed, if you're in coverage, find an open spot on the field and get open. And they've got a quarterback that I think is kind of ideal to find a guy in that situation, and Sam Jackson. He transferred from TCU, and if he doesn't have a lot of film from uh, TCU. He has, uh, I, I believe, six passes and then some runs. But he's electric out there. He's, he's another you know, work in progress, a guy that is learning to be a drop-back quarterback that can also make the defense pay with his feet. And, man, I, I don't know if there is a more mobile, fast quarterback out there than Jackson. So if he can continue to get that timing down with his receivers, um, obviously he's going to make defense, defenses pay with his feet. If he can stay healthy, he's a good at not taking hits. I mean, he's super twitchy. I mean, it's really hard to get a good shot on him because – He's always moving up to the last second, back and forth, uh, side to side. So that's a key for them. They need to develop some more depth at quarterback, so they're going to look to bring in a, a portal transfer in the spring. That's, that's a guarantee. Um, so the offense is looking real good. The defense is uh, missing a whole lot on the defensive line. So their problem last year was defensive line injuries. These guys are all coming back in the fall. Some key guys, the biggest key being Brett Johnson, who's a future NFL guy. Um, but they also lacked in the defensive backfield. And so when you have guys that can't play man, 
you, you've got to you've got to play a lot of zone, and when you play zone, it becomes a, a bend but not break situation, which isn't a great way to win games. It kept them in games for the most part. They lost four really close games, but there were other games where things got away from them, and and you got to play a more aggressive D. and And Sermon, their defensive coordinator, likes to play aggressive D, but you, you got to have the people to do it. They brought in three veteran DBs. Uh, Noel Williams is is a big one. Kalen Moore, uh, Matt Littlejohn, a JC transfer, and those guys have kind of transform the defensive backfield and they are really on the receivers they're making them work hard um, so I, I think you're going to see a more aggressive Cal defense this year the question really depend, depends on uh, how the offensive line continues to evolve and and how good a quarterback exactly Sam Jackson is so long answer short work in progress but there are a lot of positives there and it's going to get more positive with more additions back from both the the injured list and from the portal transfer and new signees coming in in the fall. The Pac-12 is uh, absolutely loaded at the quarterback position this next year. Right? You have the returning Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Michael Penix Jr., who led the nation in passing, Bo Nix. Uh, yeah, I mean, everywhere you look, there is uh, Cam Rising most likely. Oh, maybe with a little delay, we'll be back. I, it's just, it's loaded. To win in this conference this year, the quarterback play is going to be, uh, have to be at the highest level. You talked about Sam Jackson. Um, you know, but there are difference makers in this league. Have you seen enough out of Jackson or even Mendoza times that, that when push comes to shove, if, if it's put in the hands of, of these quarterbacks, that, you know, they can carry them on their back and, and get some wins that normally this Cal team may not be able to get. Do I see a Caleb Williams, a Michael Penix, a Bo <laughs> Nix? I don't see one of those three guys. But I see yeah. a guy who can differentiate them from the pack. There is no quarterback in the conference like Sam Jackson. There is nobody that can make you pay with an 80-yard TD run like him, even though there are some guys that are pretty good on their feet. Um, as far as the passing goes, I, I mean, it, we just don't know. He does some really good things. He, he's, a, he's got a strong arm. He's accurate. He, he's making some good reads, but he just hasn't had enough snaps at this level to know for sure how exactly he's going to be able to compete as a Pac-12 quarterback. He seems to have the tools for it. Mendoza um, has made really good strides. He throws a really nice ball. He's a confident kid. It works really hard. But he, he's not in those guys' classes right now. If he ends up getting his chance because Jackson is injured or uh, whoever they bring in to compete with him um, isn't available, then uh, we'll see what he's made of. But those, man, I'm telling you, you're exactly right about the quarterback situation. Ryan, you, you know all about quarterbacking. And last year and this year, it's insane what, what this conference is dealing with in quarterback depth. It makes it hard to, to be a consistent winning program in this league if other teams are healthy because those quarterbacks are nails. No, and, and Justin Wilcox's defenses have played <clears throat> dynamic Oregon offense as well. They've played Washington over the years well. But this is a whole other level of challenge for any defensive coordinator. Last year was that way, and this year might even be more so that way. So when you talk about what the secondary is going to look like, I'll be honest, it's a little concerning for a defense that I've always felt like and for the most part, keep Cal in games. You're talking about the defensive backfield? Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I would not be concerned about the defensive backfield. Um, 
Craig Woodson at, at safety is a, is a future NFL guy, and he's been really, really good this spring. Uh, Ray Woody's real solid. Um, Miles Williams is real solid. They've got good depth at, at safety at cornerback. Um, Noel Williams is another future NFL guy. You see him out in the field. You, you watch him in the spring game, you'll, you'll know. Um, he came from UNLV. Uh, he was a, a three-year starter right away, uh, pretty highly rated out of high school. I don't know why he ended up at UNLV, but he, he made a good decision to transfer to the Pac-12. Uh, Kalen Moore came out of Colorado. He's a two-year starter for them. So they, they come in with instant experience at cornerback. And, you know, they've got continued growth of uh, Lumaja Hearns, um, a young DB who showed a lot of talent. And Jeremiah Irby was a true freshman that started half the games for the season. They've got a lot of depth, actually. It, you're, you're looking at the, the depth chart and going, are some of these guys going to transfer? Because there's just not enough time for all of them to play. I think the defensive backfield will, will look much different this year than it will last year. What did last year, excuse me. It, uh, it should be interesting. Um, all right, Jim. Before we get you out of here, again, we're speaking with Jim McGill from Bear Insider talking about Cal football. Um, the, this is kind of a, you know, um, you know, looking back on things. I, I don't know if there was a football program or an athletic department more affected by uh, the decision-making around some of the COVID protocols and things like that. Justin Wilcox, of course, uh, flirted with the Oregon job, apparently. Um, before Dan Lanning took it. How important was it for um, Justin Wilcox, who has really kind of been the face of this uh, this football program through all of its ups and downs the last few years, how important was it for him to stay, for him to continue to, I think, build what he thinks can be a true winner here? Well, it's an interesting question because I don't think many, if any, Cal fans wanted him to go to Oregon a year ago. But he's left a lot of question marks after this, this last season. Cal fans are growing impatient. A 4-8 and eight season, even with injury yeah. and adversity, it's not acceptable at this point in his career. He's, he's been here since 2017. So in one sense, um, you know, it's kind of a show me, don't, don't tell me kind of a thing this year with Cal fans with him. But in another sense... People that are looking deeper at the program see so many good things that he's done here. You just like to not see it take six years to, to get to fruition. So I, I think we're going to learn a lot this year. If I, I think a lot of people believe in what he's doing. He, he's built this program with, with really good, high-character quality coaches, really good, high-character quality players. They've begun to build depth. He grudgingly started dipping into the transfer portal in a really smart way, uh, acknowledging that, hey, we can't win by just sticking with our guys that we, we recruited and we like. So he's continuing to evolve, and I think the continuity that his staying will provide with how they're continuing to build the program could be a real beneficial thing, but... I just don't think there's many people willing to go out on a limb right now and saying, well, yeah, the continuity is a guarantee for success with, with Wilcox and, and his program right now because, honestly, I mean, it looked like they were on a, a high trajectory in 2019 in this third season, winning eight games, including a bowl game. Uh, but you, you just can't stumble like you do this last couple of years. And, 
and have everybody feel good about the direction you're going. The ingredients seem to be there, but it's a, it's a real show me the season this year. Work in progress. It, it is, and, and what a season to have to show uh, with, with all the competition that is out there. All right, everybody, uh, Jim McGill from Bear Insider. Jim, thanks for taking some time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan, guy. Have a good one.